0: Welcome to the Shire Pit Podcast. Okay then guys, welcome to episode number three of our Shire Fit podcast. Uh, we are lucky enough today to have coach Dan Powell with us as well. Uh, and today we are going to be talking through injuries uh, and injuries in training and CrossFit specifically. And um, we're going to be using Dan's background as a physiotherapist to our advantage today. So Dan, if you want to say a few words, welcome yourself.
1: Hello guys, uh, thanks for joining in today and listening to us. Uh, yeah, as Jack said before, we're talking a little bit about types of injury, um, going into a little bit more In depth about uh, injury and training, um, but we're just having a bit of a discussion, nothing too in depth, nothing too crazy serious. So, I hope you enjoy.
0: Awesome! For us to start, though, we have to welcome Dan onto the podcast some oh, quick no. fire <laughs> questions. So, Dan, I'm gonna ask you a few questions, you've got answers as quick as you can. Yep. First thing, name the first word that comes to your mind strawberry. <laughs> uh, if you had to buy something for a person, uh, what would you buy them? Fire. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you?
1: Oh god, nothing I don't do anything embarrassing. Oh, it's too perfect. Yeah.
0: What's your favourite book?
1: Uh, oh god. Dad really doesn't don't read. read, I don't. What is your least favourite food? Um Olives. And what is your favourite crossfit movement? Oh, mess lips.
0: Least favourite?
1: Oh, I think your favourite. Least favorite,
0: anything heavy. Sorry, <laughs> epic. <on> <laughs> Uh, Righto guys, so um, like we said we're going to talk about some injury stuff today and to begin with we're going to sort of have a little talk about why people actually get injured. So um, Dan if you want to talk us through actually what happens with injuries, why they happen in training, a sort of basic overview.
1: Yeah I mean with injuries you can't always prevent an injury, like, you can just you know, roll an ankle and, and have that sharp pain and, and sometimes things can't be avoided. Obviously it's not always within sport can be getting in and out of your car, you can pull your back, so things are unavoidable. Um, I do think that a lot of those boil down to imbalances mainly though, um, and kind of not working on areas of deficiency, so you're just more likely to become injured by not training kind of broadly across um, kind of all ranges. and. and movement patterns.
0: Awesome. How do you, um, I think that's a really good point for us to move on straight away, deficiencies in balance of muscle groups and movement patterns and mentality and all those different things that affect it. Um, Why do you think injuries happen within the gym then in terms of classic injuries that you see day to day?
1: I think a lot of it is that, especially with CrossFit, a lot of people come to our gym that have never done any sport before Mm -hmm. um, and then all of a sudden we're doing movements that they've never done. Um, I think some gyms get a little bit caught up on um, the weight that people move rather than how they move it. Um, and I always like to think of it a little bit like, especially with CrossFit, there's a lot of skill and a lot of time that needs to be put into the technique of things with weight. Imagine if you, like I've never boxed before, if I went in the ring with somebody who's boxed for 20 years, I'm going to get injured. Like you, wouldn't, you shouldn't expect that you can go into a gym, see a workout on the board that's RX at 60 kilograms and automatically think, oh, okay, I'm going to lift that now. You know, yeah, so it's just about being sensible and, and kind of knowing that things take a long time to progress and not just jump in at a deep out, deep end of things. That that's
0: so true. And I think um, the, the the fitness industry is like so rife with everything has to be quick. Mm. Like if you look in any like any Instagram um, model or fitness coach's post, mm. they always talk about the short term benefits. Yeah. And yeah. if you look on magazines, I actually read a Men's Health magazine last week, and the whole front page was glittered with like four weeks to get a six pack yeah. six weeks to pi your clean and jerk and all those different movements and i think the biggest thing missing the fitness gym in the minute is patience so like people want to get stuff quick and they forget it takes a lot a lot of practice mm. um last week we spoke about programming uh with with coach max and talked about some of the basic principles and the first thing we talked about was our sort of programming pyramid of what we want an athlete the pathway an athlete to make uh, the first thing is mechanics. Um, so the base of pyramid is actually having really good mechanics. and mechanics goes to down to all the different movement patterns. Um, can, they, can you move efficiently? and if you can't, start to stress that out too much, that's where we're going to start seeing injuries like Dan was saying. After mechanics, then we look to build that strength and conditioning. So a base level, I always say of like a very big fitness, followed with some really raw strength. So can you move your body weight well? Have you trained all the different muscle groups you don't have deficiencies? then we add that intensity and then after that then you can become sport specific whether it be your boxing uh and all different things like that and i think from for me the biggest thing is people rushing in Mm -hmm. wanting wanting to lift too heavy do the crazy moves before they've built all those different foundations um, there's a really really good uh, journal where it talks about someone that was researching Russian training and why they were why the Russians, Bulgarian systems, Eastern Bloc systems, train athletes were performing so well. And um, the biggest thing was, as youngsters, they went through what we call a GPP program. So they played loads of different sports. They did loads of body weight strength work. They'd already built that foundation yeah. before they went and become wrestlers, weightlifters, judo, for, and, and all those different sports. That's when they become specific. And I think it's so true about building that. Um, in terms of your past of seeing now, and, and you've definitely seen a lot of athletes now mm-hmm.
1: working through this. What kind of injuries are you seeing people come out with? Um, I think, I think a big one is shoulder, mm. a lot of shoulder, whether it's um, impingement or just their body doesn't know the correct movement patterns yet and they're trying to load too much weight before their bodies learn to control their their movements. Um yeah I think shoulders are a pretty big one. I think because as well day to day life your body naturally uses its stronger muscle groups or muscle groups that it's used for a long time. So the finer kind of rotator cuff and, and things like a lot of research into lower traps and serratus that's not really been used a lot. Um, that actually help stabilise the shoulder are crucial in big lifts and in gymnastics and all the things that you can do in a like a CrossFit class um, which probably have been very deconditioned and not used mm-hmm. in a long time um, so I think shoulders mainly is the is the main one I've awesome. seen quite a lot well, let's talk a little bit about that then and see if we can get
0: some people hopefully listen to the podcast to understand why those injuries are happening to the shoulder specifically and some of the main things and like you said, I think the biggest one we see is shoulders, mm. or uh, especially in CrossFit, known for shoulders, and a lot of that is because of imbalanced muscle group deficiencies, something not firing properly. Um, the first thing I find is people come into the gym with a natural prerequisite kind of issue. They just don't know it's there yet until yeah. it's shown or highlighted in certain movements, because in real life, when do you jump on a bar and start hanging? When do you start to try and do a pull-up or a muscle-up over a bar? When do you throw a big heavy weight over your head? It's so rare that you do that, and yeah. I'm finding people come in with that. Um, where are you seeing, if we like look at the body now, so people can start to understand, where are you seeing muscular imbalances within like the upper body?
1: Yeah, so as I said before, I think kind of lower traps, so kind of mid to lower back, it generally seems to be a lack of activation. Um, it's a difficult muscle to, you know, someone who's not very body aware, it's hard to say, okay, contract that muscle. You know, a bicep's easy. You can bend your arm, but kind of mid back, shoulder stabilisers are a lot more difficult. But like you were saying before about the programming, so I obviously was a physio before in a hospital, um, and the problem with that, even though I think they do a really good job, you see people for such a short um, period of time, and I think they're really good at, at finding the pain and 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 sorting that out, but they never really get to the the cause of the pain or the source of the pain yeah um, and then just becoming a member here just doing the regular CrossFit classes I think it was really um, amazing to see that we were highlighting or you were highlighting um, issues with people imbalances and movement deficiencies and actually how you were piecing the whole class together to help activate the right things and strengthen the right things and also mobilize in the right way and I was thinking you know I'm I'm a physio by day in the hospital, but actually not changing any of that. I was being very superficial with things. Like I was, you've got pain in the shoulder, we'll get rid of that pain, but I'm not actually long-term changing anything. It's just going to come back again. Um, And a lot of people said to me when I obviously left physio in the hospital to become a coach, that, you know, aren't you, um, you know, they thought a bit crazy that I was giving up a career in physio, but to me that was just a label. It, It wasn't, the job that I wanted to do Mm -hmm. whereas I think being here as a coach and now I get to do physio with the same like in that role as well is that it's so much more the bigger picture of things it's not just like I've got that shoulder pain sort that out we actually get a chance now to be like okay this is because you've got that shoulder pain you're weak here you're you're tight there you know this will be a long-term thing anything that needs a full week return back and fix and come back in four weeks and we'll do it again is, is not a yeah a long and term fix.
0: That's that's rife as well in the industry mm. isn't yeah, it a whole it is. it's the same it's patience, quick yeah. fix, get it done yeah. and done. And back you can't again.
1: blame people either. Like if someone said that they can sort it in two weeks you oh yeah. would go for that option. It's just yeah, and I think that's,
0: you know, and a highlight of a really, really good coach is understanding from people's perception. Yeah. I fully understand when you get someone come in, and let's say you're listening right now, and you're that member, you come in, and you want to RX something, you want to do the yeah. movements. I fully appreciate yeah. why, um, and sometimes it's really difficult as a coach, because you want to look after them, at the same time you want to make them happy, and feel their goals, and try and push too much. But um, yeah, you know, you're right. Um, it's, the, it's always the quick fix, do something, isn't it? Yeah. One thing I realised straight away was we, we, I was coaching CrossFit beforehand and there was these, always the same kind of injuries happening. Yep. Um, and, and this is why the, like you, you always hear people say and affiliate CrossFit with injury stuff. And I think it's because there's such a vast range of movement patterns okay. and different planes of movements that we've talked about before that get challenged. Whereas if you go to the gym and you run on the treadmill for 20 minutes and you do some bicep curls, yes, you are going to improve your fitness to a level. But you're never going to take it to that next level and mm-hmm. that's what crossfit does it's completely changed the game in terms of what we thought was possible but at the same time it's challenging people that probably need to make sure they're taking their time and not wanting to rush and that's the biggest thing i know so i was like why are people getting injured and when they get fixed why do they get injured with the same injury again yeah and it's like we just said there's not that middle ground a physio a coach and nothing in between yeah. of taking in that pathway um so what I find now is most injuries that we have come from different deficiencies in the body. So, Dan talked about shoulders, and a lot of it is all the muscles on your upper back. Yeah. They're, they're not strong enough to support things like your biceps and chest. Mm-hmm. Because we use our biceps and chest quite a lot, and we sit down and we hunch over, uh, we push things quite a lot. We very rarely do any kind of pulling movement because of the way we live today. Mm-hmm. We don't climb trees anymore, we don't no. climb hills or mountains or anything like that to survive. We sit down every day and work on a laptop mostly. So. Um, I think probably the biggest thing with shoulders is actually getting a nice balance of muscles and make sure we move well with it. The probably other massive one, which is probably for me a big one, when I started doing cross, was lower back. Yeah. Uh, and for me, when I started doing it, every time I did any kind of workout, whether it be running workout, lifting weights, something, my lower back would flare up. And it'd mm. feel like someone had got a hammer and hit me as hard as I could repetitive times. Um, But then I'd find after 24 hours it'd go away again. Um, What what is usually happening there? And that happens to loads of people. I speak to so many people on the phone and things that have this.
1: Yeah, and I think as programming is becoming smarter as well, I think you'll probably find that when CrossFit began and even some CrossFits now, there's a lot of heavy lifting, a lot during the week. Mm. There's a kind of repetitive. you know they're doing clean snatches, sandbag carry. Like there's a lot of load going through that back, and especially yeah. if you're someone new to it that's not done it before. Um, you just need to bear in mind that CrossFit is quite addictive and people come in a lot, so you need to make sure that there's variety in the training. Um, and you can kind of like train different muscle groups and still come in every day. I think yeah. people because the cleans and that look good, put them I in mean, Instagram. Everyone you know gives you a like, yeah. but doing that three, four times a week if you're not used to it, I think that's one of the first things to address, just are you overtraining, Um, because the muscles will react to it, so if you do it every day, you do need to have a bit of a bit of a break. Um, There's other things with, um, like simple things that we put in the class when we um, assess people's glute range um, and hamstring range, and you see people's faces when they put the right leg up and they're like, oh this is easy, no problem at all left leg on the box of the glute range and they're like, Oh my god, why can't I do this? And yeah. like straight away you're like, there's an imbalance. If you if you're that many degrees different from left to right, how much force is that putting on your pelvis yeah. and your lower back? Yeah. And then we cross with it, as we've said before, um, you know, you've got to work out with high reps, so you've then just done fifty reps where you're potentially doing them imbalanced, like mm. not correct. Um yeah, it's just a bit, you could just highlight those small imbalances can be a bit more of a yeah. deal.
0: And that's because you put them in a stressor. Yeah.
1: And the first thing I wrote down when we were talking about
0: injuries was stressing the system too much. Mm. Injuries can come from, and that's probably the best way of looking at it, is if you overstress the body some way. Mm. And there's different ways I look at overstressing the body. So the first one's like technique. So you can overstress technique by not doing it enough, so by moving badly. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to even move a heavy weight sometimes. I've even found that. I've had people come in that want to try and grab a really light weight and do it, but they're still doing badly, and they'll still overstress and hurt yeah. themselves. Um, the next one's load, which we see loads of, which is people wanting to use some kind of weight because that's what they feel like they should be doing. Uh, and again, some kind of injury comes in. Then you've got, for me, intensity. So then adding intensity into something, which... We can, I think this probably, I haven't got a long enough talk on the podcast, we go into the central nervous system and how the adaptation of your training and your nervous system is so, so important mm-hmm. to performance. In fact, for me, when I'm doing programming, it's the most important thing. It's yeah. so it, it, how they're affecting the nervous system for recovery. Um, so I always look at stress and think, is that person stressing themselves out too much with something? Um, lower back, massive for me, because although it was her and I felt like I could carry on training, so I was actually digging a deeper hole for me to yeah. get out of. Um, and a lot of the time it's your erector spinae eh, that is just tightening up because, like you said, glutes, hamstrings don't work very well, midline's not staying engaged, so your back, which is probably, for most of us now, is designed and trained now from a young age to be strong supporters, yeah. um, gets overused, and when it gets overused, a bit like if I told you loads of squats, that your, your quads and glutes would just suddenly lock up tight, your back does as well, so I remember when I suddenly realised that, it was like, aha uh-huh, moment, I was like, oh my god, what have I been doing all this time? And I learned how to hip hinge, learn how to engage glues, hamstrings. I, when suddenly I like, learned this and looked, I realized I didn't have any muscles there. Like, my quads were, were huge and my, my lower back was jacked up. I had no hamstring, yeah. um, no glue, anything like that. So I did loads of work on that. And after a few months, it suddenly went away. Um, We're really lucky, we've got such a good coaching team that are on it all the time trying to help people. And um, I think we're also lucky the members always willing to listen and learn from the coaches like yourself and Mm -hmm. teaching all our team how to do things really efficiently. And I think we're definitely still in the the learning phase now of finding the perfect way of applying the right Mm -hmm. training model uh, to a group format, which is difficult.
1: Yeah, but I also think that, you know, from the start, I think our members are quite They they understand where we're going with things, so Mm. when we scale the weight down um, or change the movement for them, I think you know they seem very aware that we're doing it for their best interest. And you know, a lot of these movements they've never done before, and you've got to factor in things like muscle memory. You know, it it takes hours, hours to actually for your muscle to become a learned pattern. If you think about throwing, like I can throw in my right. And easy, no problem. And well. if someone could well, <laughs> if, uh, very well I can throw in my right hand. And like if someone couldn't throw I'd be like, "Oh, well, why can't they do that? Like why I can do it, so why can't they? And then you try and throw with your non dominant hand yeah. and all of a sudden you realise that actually things are a learned skill. And, you know, you have to start from the basics. You have to kind of drill in movement patterns before you kind of yeah. drill the loaded thing. It's
0: like 10,000 reps, don't they, to, do, to be able to do something efficiently? It's crazy, isn't it? Crazy. It's crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. But, yeah, I had that. I remember once I got told by a rugby coach I had to be able to kick off my left foot. And um, I was spending hours and hours of kicking terribly just trying to dial it still in. still doing that now. Yeah, I'm uh, still, I'm still yeah. getting it. I haven't hit that 10,000 <laughs> rep yet, but one day. <laughs> it's been three years since I've done it, but <laughs> we'll get it. And... Um, yeah, so you build in movement patterns. Um, so that's why you said, like, and the problem is you can dig yourself such a deep hole by moving badly. Badly, yeah. Um, and one thing I've definitely learned with programming that we talked about last week was understanding how to, like, challenge people, mm-hmm. but not in the wrong way, which I think can happen quite a lot because we watch things like CrossFit Games and we want to program workouts like that because the members love it. But at the same time, it can only make them worse and challenge their deficiencies. Mm. Um, last week in programming as well, if you haven't listened to it already, definitely listen, because it gives you an insight into what we're talking about now, and we talk about deficiencies, so people moving certain planes of movement, and we know in CrossFit we do loads of like up and down barbell yeah. pull movements, and 100%, and I uh, I did this myself for years, trains certain muscle groups, and it doesn't train all like the others, so it trains upper trap, quads, yeah. um, lower back, and the problem was, you've developed those muscles, which is really good, and I think a lot of us in the head space where, oh, if we, if, we know, if we train our lower back, it's not a good thing, it's fine, as long as the other muscle groups are as strong yeah, as that as well, yeah. and have some kind of balance. Um, so that's why we add in loads of teaching movements, hinge movements, pull-down movements, trying to train and balance as much as possible, but it is really, really difficult. Um, Moving on from there, we talk about muscle soreness, injury, so it's very rare actually for me, and in three years of it being open, and then three or four years before that, I've seen other, other gyms work and coaches work, it's rare that I've seen someone have like a sudden snap injury. Yeah. Really, really rare, like you said about when you begin on a car and you feel something. Yeah. Something I've uh, I read and learned about loads, is if that often happens, there's already an issue in the circuit. Yeah. It's very rare that it just happens, there's, there's something wrong in there anyway. Um, a lot of the injury just slowly creep up after t- uh, like over time, and you yeah. suddenly like, oh, actually, like, I feel that now. I don't know why. It just gets worse, and that's that deficiency injury we're talking about. I think, um, and once you've had some of like that, it's quite easy mindset wise to not know whether you're aching or whether you've got injury. Yeah. And uh, so that, when we talk about pain, mm. um, what ha- and you've oh, you obviously dealt with this uh, most of your career. When you think about pain, what what do you think?
1: Like you said before, very different. Categories of pain. I think if there's a sharp, traumatic pain, like you roll your ankle, you hear something go, then of course that's super serious. You know, you need to, that, you know, you can't physically carry on with the exercise. That's when you need to stop. Um, pain, obviously, I, I worked um, on like, orthopedics, so after surgery, they're going to get pain because they've just had their knee replaced or their hip replaced. That pain's fine. You need to just push through it because you need to actually get them up and walking. So pain is very, um, one, is very subjective, but also it varies um, with what you can do with the pain. So I often think that you know, a lot of people have aches and you know when they first start running, their knees are a little bit sore, and then once they've warmed up, they're fine. So maybe that just needs to be that their warmth needs to be a little bit more um, in depth, needs to just get things going a bit more. But things can easily be changed. So if you think about yesterday in our class, we had lunges in the class, um, some people say, oh, my knee's a bit sore. You change the lunge to wide, no no pain. So, you know, they can, to get through the workout, change the lunge, and then we can address the fact that why they were getting pain in the narrow stance before. We can isolate the muscle group, train it, um, to strengthen it um, like a little bit more, um, like specifically, so like, isolate the muscle group a little bit and, and see what's going on there. But a lot of the times you just need to play around with kind of foot position or arm position, hand position, things like that, just to see whether you can still have a difference in the pain. Could, yeah. It could just be positional. It's, it's crazy,
0: isn't it, how such a small change makes mm. a big difference. Yeah. And for me, it's so open that how complex the body is. Yeah. I think we look at it as just muscle groups and bones, but yeah. actually the
1: way it works, the way we move is so, so interesting. It's in people's per- to it people's perception as well, isn't it? Isn't yeah. like, I think one of the biggest things we get in CrossFit is if someone has had an injury During the class, um, or even if they were a runner and they they ran and got an injury with that, a lot of the times they perceive pain to be related to that. So I think their body's already made the link that if I do this, it's going to hurt. Whereas you change it slightly and it doesn't hurt. So they've obviously just created that link. And that's a really hard thing to break. And it's just building people's confidence up that they actually can. You know, They're not going to do any damage. Um, as long as everything's modified and it's in with, you know within re- reason, awesome. It's, uh,
0: yeah, I think um, for us now, the next five minutes, just to finish off with um, talking about injuries. I said, uh, uh, how do we minimise injury likelihood? So the first thing we try and do is make the program as balanced as possible. Yeah. Um, when, I, um, when we write workouts and we have set scaling options, we try and scale them as effectively as possible mm-hmm. so you're still getting the right stimulus. So the workout might be um, 3 rounds, of 400 meter run and uh, 20 kettlebell swings. Now the stimulus there is obviously relatively fast, we're looking at probably around a 9 minute workout. Now we're gonna scale either run distance because we don't want you to have too much volume and stress the system too much on the run, and we might lower the weight down for the kettlebell because the same thing again, we want you to work within that time frame and hit that intensity we're looking for. So we've got that side of sort of balance and training from your perception as a physio, and you see someone doing the kind of training that most people that are putting and listening to this podcast are doing that functional fitness, high intensity, such a broad range of training. What's your sort of viewpoint on actually? Firstly,
1: minimising injuries. Yeah, I, th- I think it's really taken a lot of focus in the warm-up and the, the accessory things and the strength work that you do before. Stuff that's like boring. Yeah, yeah it is. And I was yeah. just about to say, like I think we try and make our classes as fun as you can, but there is only so much fun you can put into <laughs> some isolation work and yeah. some warm-up. And I know, um, especially the ones that have been training for a while, sometimes we do repeat the same accessory movements and people are like, oh, I just want this over so I can get into the what," But... 10 minutes 10 15 minutes and if you do that every day and you'll you know you come in four times a week and you've been here for two years there's going to be such a massive benefit you're going to bulletproof your body basically yeah. for these high loads and intensity of the workout so i think in a crossfit sense 100% like don't half ass yeah the the, the warm-up and the accessories though that's like, so true we've done so utilising. easily as well yeah. oh,
0: and again i've done this as well thinking oh just doing some like holds or like you said doing isolation work it's quite funny actually because um like bodybuilding gets a huge band rap with with training with functional fitness athletes but actually we take loads away yeah. from them, and I've spoken to so many different bodybuilders on engagement of things like serratus muscle and things like that that don't often engage because we've got other strong muscles that do it for us that cause our injuries and deficiencies. Um, so you know, as we do a lot of bodybuilding accessory work into warm ups and things to activate certain muscle groups and get them moving well. But yeah, like really trying to move well with that stuff. And it's just that base level strength. I think so many people going into like this hardcore fitness style training which is now the thing to do, are going in sometimes without that base level, that firstly the mechanics, Mm. then the strength. I don't think people have got mechanical strength. I think a lot of people come in and they want to throw a heavy weight over their head, but they they haven't developed the strength to do a up. Yeah, and, and haven't built that base level. And that's why you see a lot of people come into the gym, they were athletes before, say they come from rugby, football, bowling, all mm. sorts of different uh, backgrounds. But because they've had that sporting background and that S&C and they've come into the gym and they've already built that GPP format that we talked about where they can come in and they've already got it. And that's why they often pick up the stuff a lot quicker.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, for me, from seeing thousands of different people come through the gym and train and uh, multiple different locations. Patience, patience, patience. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, like, if you want to make real long-term benefits to your body and health and training aesthetically and fitness-wise, you need to be patient and patient mm-hmm. with wanting to get to that goal. And I understand that is so tough, so, so tough because you want to constantly be on the improvement train. Yeah,
1: and I think it's important to know what, it's, crossfit is kind of split into two isn't it there's yeah. the there's the like general fitness people social want to get fit you know want to look good and then there's a the sport of crossfit and I think there's sometimes a bit of a blurred line between the two So true, and I yeah. think you can you can mix them both but also you can't get caught in the sport of crossfit people always lifting heavy and looking great and always doing so well you've got to build the stages and kind of realize what you want out of it you know is it that you want to be healthy and in 20 years time you want to feel good and not have a back issue or is it that you want to get to the games and then train like crazy and maybe next year you're in for surgery you know, <laughs> yeah, I know it yeah, sounds yeah, a little yeah. bit harsh but, no, 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 it, no, but you know,
0: it's like properly too fair stereotypical isn't yeah. it what actually happens a lot of the time but yeah um And the athletes that do well with it are ones that do all that work you just said about it, and we've definitely tried to implement as much as possible. Um, So yeah, I think injuries is, that's a real broad stroke in what we talk about there, and have a good idea. I think understanding patience, building all those different mechanics, building your strength, Um, listening to your coaches on scaling options and understanding those things will really help you build to that goal that you want to get to. Um, But that was fantastic. I think it'd be really interesting to see you guys sort of let us know injuries you've had, uh, maybe drop us a message on our Instagram page, at Shia underscore fit, if you've had any injuries in the past, and you would like uh, myself and Dan to have a little look and give you some advice on what might be happening there. Um, also, any more podcast ideas? We've got loads of ideas, and at the minute we're being really broad with the things we're talking about, and we're gonna get more and more specific. Uh, we've got some really good ones coming out. We're gonna do, be doing nutrition, and we're gonna have two uh, bodybuilders in with us to talk about nutrition. That means, that means unfortunately not Dan oh, yeah. uh, maybe one day, day though you are <laughs> yeah maybe one day I think you're more the uh, the what's it the athlete build or aesthetics physical oh, okay. aesthetics one yeah yourself, I yeah it's... I saved you there bro don't worry um but so we're going to talk about loads of different things so let us know what you'd like to hear about thank you for listening again and uh, and really build on that on oh, what we just said about there and any questions email us team at fit. thank you very much guys